testing one, two, three on this mic, take 72. Todd Meisner here. We took the podcast on the road last week to the John Deere Classic, all gorilla style, just me and Welvert out in front of the clubhouse. Here's the show. Testing one, two, three. Now that works. So here we are at the John Deere Classic. You've come in out of retirement. <laughs> to help me and the children, the kids, the young photographers, uh, the youngsters. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe this. This has just been a total nightmare. It usually is though, isn't it? I mean, isn't that why we come? You know, like survivor guilt or something weird? I don't know, that's why I'm here. The, uh, it's so to people who are going to be listening to this later, the first round was interrupted by rain, and you didn't make it out here because you were trapped in your car? Well, I was, I, I was in my car, and I'm thinking, uh, I did have my rain gear with me, that one came out with Meg, and uh, I was like, gosh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And I, to be honest with you, I'm amazed play started again. I didn't think play was going to start, and I'm like, he doesn't need three photographers out there to shoot weather features, so... I uh, bailed. You didn't bring your swim fins. Did not bring my swim fins. My trunks. Yeah. Nope. So that so play started again, and then you showed up uh, here, and because they didn't start the rest of the first round until I don't know noon. Uh, have you taken a picture yet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I took one in the press room crapper. So. Uh, <laughs> I think it counts. It's my usual, my annual press room crapper photo. There's a big poster above the toilet that says magic happens here. So I don't know, warm, warm, fuzzy memories, warm, fuzzy memories. And you, and so it's, uh, how would you describe the weather today? Um, tropical, except I think, I don't think in like in the Amazon, it's quite this humid. I think it's a little drier, a little drier heat, maybe. <laughs> no, I, it's uh, actually, it's not as bad as it could be. Because the sun's not out. Because the sun's not out, but it's uh, it's it's some it's some rough weather. I I don't uh, man, there's just nothing good about this stuff. Yeah, I walked nine miles for the pro am according to my Apple Watch, and then on the first round I watched I walked five and a half according to my Apple Watch, and I would have walked more had play not been suspended. Uh, so I see Brian's coming up here. He's walking and he's looking at his iPhone and he's, I don't know, 50 yards away. We could talk about him as he's, this, this plays great on radio, uh, that Brian is walking towards us. Yes. He's checking his phone. He, you know, the over and under on him falling right now is, uh, God, I don't know. 50, 50. It's gotta be. Here he comes across. He smarted up cause he's, he's, he's trekking across the mud. That was a good call. So anyway, so the the John Deere Classic, is it is does it ever go smoothly? No, it's always I mean, it's always a nightmare. It's our 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 personal fallujas. Not to uh, I mean it's always you know outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered. It's always a shit show. So I mean you know you take delight in the you know hot dog day and uh, pork chop day and you know God you just hope you get through it. I I enjoy it more than you do, but. It, uh, I just wish we could go through a whole week with uh, nice, I'll take 80, yeah. 85, 
with a little bit of overcast here and there, you know, so you can get some evenly lit shots as opposed to guys in ball caps that are uh, harshly lit from 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 the twelve between uh, yeah the top of his head and the bottom of his head. So what's the what's the key to shooting golf? Patience and knowing the game. I think you got to know the game, um, and I think that's what you know. Uh, I think that's what throws our new shooters off is they if they don't play golf, they're not familiar with the game, and uh, I think you end up taking a lot of the safe shots that we've all seen. You know, backswing, 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 but. Um, yeah, I think it's knowing the game and knowing, you know, where the moments are going to be. And, and it's intimidating because there's a lot of really good shooters out here this week. And uh, I think they're, um, you know, they look at those guys and they don't want to do something stupid. Um, but then, uh, you know, it's, it's, and it's just looking for that photo, that, that opportunity that, um, you know, you don't see a lot of. So I think that's the, you know, everybody's looking for the same thing. Yeah, the emotion and the thing is that we spend – Four days, five days, if you count the if you count the pro am, and we're waiting for Sunday uh, at five o'clock for the guy to, to to drop it in the cup and react. Yeah, and, and that's if we get that. That's the you know when we've been out here. You and I have both been out here when they win in the freaking you know the score the scorekeeper's hut, and you don't get you know it's a stupid trailer on a hill. You don't you know there's no photo. You know it's just. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Or the guy who who uh, takes off. I'm always shocked when golfers take off their their ball caps on 18 and they're bald. Yeah. You know, you kind of envision them. For golfers, it's even worse because they're not like they're, it's not just bald. It's bald, and they're the lower part of their face is like four shades darker than the top of their heads, so it, they look like weird eggs. I mean, it's. Yeah, like weird Easter eggs. Yeah, it's true. When Steve Stricker took off his hat for the first time on 18 to shake somebody's hand, I nearly, I'm like, whoa, oh, got to take pictures. I was so distracted by his the top of his head, it almost threw me off. So it's strange. And, and I think, you know, remember when Tiger was young and, you know, and he was, you know, he took off full head of hair, he took off his hat. Yeah, it looked totally normal. But then Eldrick got a little older and then started taking off his ball cap and it was like, Ugh. Yeah. you know, he, you know, he looks like me, yeah. you know. Well, and look at, I mean, some of the young guys, uh, you know, the uh, Zach is, he's getting a little thin on top. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing to fixate on. And it, I mean, it's cool that they take their hats off and it's a sign of respect and stuff like that. But it is kind of a, what the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I tell you, Boo Weekly is another one. Man, you like a guy, I had lost money when he took his hat off. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I had you for a full head of hair, Boo. Uh, Absolutely. So, the, the, um, so today is Friday. They will play, uh, that they're going to try to finish. Uh, they've already finished the first round. They're trying to play the second round. Um, I'm going to leave... Uh, and I'm kind of going to leave them in your hands <laughs> because... This is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> uh, nothing like bringing in a freelancer and putting him in charge. Uh, no, I mean, I, everybody, I was, I've been very impressed with, with Meg and Brian and Jacob. Uh, Jacob is a wonderful kid, and he's learned just an enormous amount of stuff uh, during the summer. But he's not a sports guy. And I think when you talked earlier about the idea that 
um, knowing the game. I think knowing every game. I mean, if you're a young shooter and you're like, yeah, I like to shoot sports, but I'm not into sports. Well, you don't really have to be into sports to understand the rules and understand where the best angles are and, and, and understand the way the game flows. I mean, if it's third and 10 and your offensive line stinks you don't stand in front of your offense. You stand behind your offense because your Jay Cutler is going to get killed. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the preseason game last night. It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. My, my wife is already mad. The season is one preseason game over. Anyway, uh, so, but then, yeah, knowing baseball, knowing that that, how that play is going to happen at second base, knowing somewhere where a double play is going to happen, knowing that, you know, the guy's really fast on third, he may try to score on a pass ball. So knowing, knowing the teams and the game and whatever is really helpful. And so I'm amazed that, I, I never really amazed me when you guys were all out here. We had you and Paul and John and, and Gary and a lot of older, you know, everybody knew everybody, the, the players. They knew who, who was who. And so these kids, I mean, Megs, Megs at least knows somebody. She knows all the handsome guys. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they probably know her too, so. <laughs> well, let's not give the wrong impression. Yeah. But, yes, they probably noticed the cute girl behind the camera. And uh, she's a very good photographer. We're not denigrating her abilities by no. calling her cute, but no, she is. Nobody's looking at me twice. That's what I'm, my point was. Nobody's looking at me twice. Yeah. She, she, we blend right into the crowd. Yeah, fat old guy. Yeah. Just a couple of guys blending into the, into the background. No big deal. Um, but so they're learning the, the game and whatever. And, and Jacob really, I mean, I was explaining really basic uh, golf turns to him that you I'm like thinking I'm like thinking he's like okay rough along the fairway like I write that cut line you write that cut line out of out of instinct yeah yeah I, I mean I think that's an excellent point and it's more than just cut lines it's just knowing you know okay this guy's right-handed he's left-handed I know where the club's gonna end up uh, behind his head you know and you know it's those things that um, you know they got to learn you know it, it, it's not easy and, and this is, you know, golfers are touchy. Uh, nobody wants to get yelled at. We don't want to get, you know, a guy in trouble. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it's a lot of, and the fans can be a little ouchy to us, you know. Um, it's not our desire to stand in front of them, but it's kind of the only place we can go. So, yeah, it's, it's not an easy game to shoot. No, and I, I did an interview with WVIK yesterday, and uh, she said, she asked me how much, how different, shooting golf is from shooting other sports and and let's see if you agree with my answer i said it's just more physical oh yeah yeah i would say so yeah i don't i don't you know i never i never feel this way after a football game no uh -uh. yeah it's and in a, in a tournament players course like uh the, you know the the john deere here is uh you know it's not built for for the week i mean it's you better you know you better come out strong because, I mean, it's, you know, hills to the easy places are hard. And on a day like today, you add a little, you know, slippery grass and, uh, you know, carrying a, a, a big lens on a monopod, it's not too easy to end up on your butt and uh, or worse, you know, in a sand. <laughs> well, Brian Ray, one of our uh, former guests, um, made, uh, we were standing, he he'd, we were at a hole together yesterday. And he said, uh, showed me his new, this new fabulous Canon wide angle lens that he got. It's just, I mean, it's, it had a little halo around it. It was so pretty. Yeah. And so, uh, 
we were standing waiting for the shuttle to go home back to our cars and uh, Brian and I both used the spider clips, the spider belts. And he said, hey, make sure your spider pins are tight because things will fall off if your pin isn't tight. And I went, no, please tell me the new shiny halo lens is not damaged. And he kind of dropped his chin a little bit and said, yes, it, it will need to go in and get some love from Canon. So, I mean... Just, I mean, you're tromping and you're tromping and you're tromping and you're tromping and uh, you could slip. Uh, you know, this is, I mean, we're standing outside right now, folks, and there's a mud pit behind us out in front of the, in front of the, the press room. And this place is a bog. It's been, it rained like three inches last night. So, I mean, this place is a bog. So it's hilly. Like Todd said, it's up and down and, and you got to be wearing, I'm wearing, what shoes are you wearing? Merrill's. I'm wearing, I'm wearing, you're Merrill's. I'm wearing the Keens. I'm wearing the waterproof Keens. And these are the best shoes oh, yeah. I've ever worn out here because they're waterproof and they're new still. So they still got a lot of grippy on them. Yeah. So I've not had any, any problem. When we were at Oakwood, I wore golf shoes. That's a good idea. I, and the, you know, the guy who shoots for the golf magazine, um, is it golf week or something? I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen him yet this year. So he's an older guy. Um, but he wore golf shoes all the time, 24 seven. And it makes it really does make sense. Yeah, uh, it, it, if you you got that grip and you're going up and down on this stuff, so you know good footwear. And see, that's the thing that you know when you're new to this, you know the kids they're new, they're they don't have a lot of money, so buying a, a nice pair of hikers, you know if they're not going to wear hikers every day like you and I, but it's just become a function of of uh, you know getting the job done it's just like a piece of equipment in the bag is wearing yeah. a good pair of hiking shoes yeah I, I spend as much time thinking about what I'm wearing on my feet than you know what goes into my bag I you know and maybe I'm just that weirdly detail orientated but I think about it the uh, for me the big purchase this year were these Duluth trading uh, dry on the fly flex pants mm -hmm. the best money you can spend on shorts if you're going to walk around in the heat all day. I cannot believe these are the these are the flex, the dry on the fly, but not flex that I'm wearing right now. But it feels like it's if you could walk around pantsless, it'd be about as close to to, be, to being pantsless on a hot the, day. The dry, uh, the shirt or uh, no, this is a Columbia fishing shirt. I don't fish, but the shirts were on sale at Kohl's, and they're light, and so and they. I mean, I I'm as comfortable this year. Uh, in this uh, godforsaken heat as I've ever been because I've got, you know, the Duluth trading uh, uh, buck naked on. I got the Duluth trading shorts. I've got the Merrill or the, the Keen shoes on. And I've got this, you know, wicking undershirt with a Columbia shirt on. And I mean, it makes a difference. I mean, if you're not thinking about being hot, you're going to take better pictures. Well, and I, I'm like the first year I was out here, I wore a cotton shirt and that was just the dumbest thing I could possibly do because you just you get wet and you just stay wet all day you go into the media center and you freeze because it's just sopping and uh yeah the the, the sweat wicking stuff that's been uh, a big uh big up in my game um but and you know I don't know it's but it, you try to try to cut some of the misery but you know it's just a cut, tough couple of days you know it's uh, so here we're standing here talking and like a super cute future just walked by a, a, a girl, a girl carrying a, a, a giant golf ball that's almost bigger than she is. But hey, you know, sometimes that happens. Um, so since you've retired, uh, we haven't really talked about the 
adjustment to, I mean, this is one of the big events of the year. Have you seen other things happen in the paper in the last couple of months since you retired that you're like, oh, kind of, you oh, know, yeah. kind of a pang of, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, you know, this is, this is, I won't, I, I can't call it fun. Um, but there's this weird sense of camaraderie out here. Uh, you know, you, you to see photographers you don't usually shoot with. They're all nice guys um, and ladies. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's like this event. It was, uh, you know, I don't know. This event, yeah, there's been a couple. You know, I know Tugfest is Saturday. and um, We're sitting in the intern. Oh, yeah, that's a good, it's a good intern gig, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's there's, there's been, oh, yeah, you know, the... Um, rhubarb fest and uh <laughs> you're making me drool he knows how much i love rhubarb pie i have one in the freezer i'm gonna break out oh, yeah. like next month defrost it and get it you know mm, rhubarb rhubarb that you know late summer early fall break out a rhubarb pie crack open a nice sour beer i purchased in wisconsin recently it's gonna be you know nice nice little uh, reward to myself um so here we are. I miss, I, miss, I miss shooting the bandits. I used to like shooting bandits. I like that's a good uh, it's a good venue. Uh, I don't know. It just feels it feels big league, even though it's you know minors. But uh, yeah, good times. Well, we, we're glad that we assure everybody that Todd will continue to come in when we can break him away from his very busy freelance schedule, just bringing in gobs and gobs of buckets of money. So if you're a bride in the Quad Cities and you're listening to this podcast, which is probably doubtful, um, but if, you, if you're if you listening to the podcast and you know a bride in the Quad Cities, make sure you uh, call uh, Two Rivers Photography and uh, and uh, set time... But it can't be during the John Deere Classic. There are no weddings during the John Deere Classic. Though you've, no weddings in July. They, I'm thinking about just taking that month off. No, no July weddings, yeah. So did you take any photos when you were up in Wisconsin on your big, you take a big trip every year? Did you take any cool nature stuff? Um, not specifically. Um, Eric Timmons, our former reporter, got me into fly fishing. And, uh, man, I had a lot of good times doing that. It's uh, fly fishing for panfish. It's not, uh, you know, the sport of the British aristocracy, but, uh, man, did I have a good time doing it. And is it a sober man sport? No. that's the, I only play sports where alcohol is a really important part of. You know, golf, not <laughs> shooting. Wait a minute. I can probably take a step back. No, trap shooting. We probably don't. We want to take... No, afterwards. Afterwards. Oh, afterwards. Okay. The... Uh, uh, yeah, because the like 16 inch softball, you know, yeah. when I was in the Chicago area, beer in your hand, yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. So you can, they can't beat a, a playing baseball with a beer in your hand. Um, so anyway, well, we appreciate you coming out and helping today, and we quickly come out here and do a podcast while we had to get out of the air conditioned uh, uh, media room, which is once you get a little sweaty and you're sitting in there, it the heat feel. Yeah, the heat feels... It's sort of like doing the podcast in there. It, it's sort of like doing... In the yeah. studio at home or at the paper, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah? I was going to say something. Now I can't think of what it is. As golfers meander by us. Sweaty golfers are meandering by us at this moment. Um, hey, Schultz, come here. There we go. 
All right, so here we are in the Talking Pictures podcast. This is our first Quad City Times photographer to come wandering into the podcast. And the, the, the accomplished and award-winning John Schultz has joined the podcast. Hey there, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing well. So, John, what's the secret to golf or shooting golf? Not being here. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the secret to shooting golf having patience and uh, sitting still and trying not to let the sweat that runs down the back of your the middle of your back bother you while you're watching a golfer how many, how many tournaments have you shot? tournaments? oh man oh, well, how, many, how many classics have you shot? how many times have you been out here? since before well when it was still at Oakwood so I mean that's been years probably we were talking like yeah. Yeah, because you joined the Quad City Times when? In 1988. Okay, so you got here a year before I did, so that's 27 of them. Well, that's what it is. Huh? Yeah, 27 of these things. Yeah, we've been out here for 27 of these things. And this is, I don't even think this is our worst rain delay. I can't think of one that's lasted longer, but then I have short-term memory when it comes to these things. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of, I was trying to figure that out too, and I, uh, I can remember Grant Cranbeck telling me about a classic at Oakwood that... Back in the 50s? In the f yeah, right, right, yeah. Sorry. Indian attacks were still, you know, part of the Quad City landscape. But uh, Blackhawk played as a celebrity turnabout, didn't he? That's right. That's right. It was an out-of-bounds area they couldn't hit the ball into. Um, but, no, he was saying that uh, he remembers one where it was, I guess it was a, there was a period it was like in October... And he remembers one that they ended up calling. They, they played like half the round in darkness. And it actually. Uh, David Frost won. David, was that David Frost? Magic happens here at the John Deere Classic. We've used that more than once this week already. <laughs> so. Uh, do you, so do you, you're, I mean, you love sports photography. I mean, you're, you're, you're probably best known for your amazing sports photos, wouldn't you say? I would say that I have pretty good luck when it comes to sports photography, yeah. What's the, what is the, what did you talk to the young photographers about uh, learning to shoot sports? What it, for you is the, like the key, few keys for them to know uh, about shooting sports? Well, depending on the sport, of course, but know the sport well enough to be able to put yourself in a position to get a good picture. Um, and then patience, um, holding, holding, I mean, it goes with anything, uh, football, golf, swimming, um, just, just hang with it. I know everybody likes to chimp and make sure they got the right exposure or make sure they got the picture or whatever, but wait till you're in a position to where you can chimp, shoot, shoot till you Half, until you're done shooting and then look if you missed it you missed it if you didn't then you, at least you know that you didn't miss it and you got it uh, you're not looking while you could be hitting another picture at the same time yeah. now, now you recently had a really interesting experience on the back of a motorcycle while covering the, uh, the Big 7 which is sponsored by our competition here the Quad City Times uh, a new sponsor of the Dispatch podcast <laughs> no. Uh, so, but John, John is the motorcycle man who covers the, the leaders and tell us about, first of all, the motorcycle that you've specially kind of designed for this job that you do every year. And then the unusual thing that happened this year. Well, I have a, a Harley Davidson 1200 that I've modified so that I can sit on it backwards. 
and we run right in front of the uh, the pack lead pack runner of runners. Um, the runners we're between the runners and channel six so we try and get in their way as much as we can <laughs> um but uh it, the whole idea came to me after watching and shooting bicycle racing for many many years and they do that with the tour de france and i thought well why couldn't they why can't we do it here so i've been riding on the back of the bike i think nine or ten years now and uh this year it happened it's the weirdest thing happened where the the leader uh, reached back and attempted to swipe at one of the other runners, which you don't often uh, ever see that. But then when it, uh, I was lucky enough to have my camera up and was shooting at the time that it happened and captured it in, a, in such a way that uh, and when it was published, it made everybody re-look at the tape and determine whether there was any foul or I don't know what, any anything committed that would have disqualified him from winning the race because he eventually went on to win the race um that was just being lucky rather than good so now when you're on the back of the bike are you strapped on no i'm not i'm uh I, I, my buddy bill drives my bike and he and i he, he's an experienced uh driver and we just lean together. I have to lean the opposite, which is really strange, but it, it, you get used to doing that. The worst thing about the whole thing is that the inside of my legs fall asleep after the race, and uh, I have to, it takes me five minutes or so to get, get, junk back in order. get everything working. You can swear on the podcast. <laughs> get everything working again. Is the, because it is a Harley, does the vibration, is it hard to shoot off of? Um, well, we tried shooting, using a GoPro one time and mounting it on there, and the vibration was too much for that. But um, hand-holding is not bad because you're shooting at a fast enough speed that the vibration doesn't matter. Have you ever tried a, a gyro to, to steady the camera? No. Uh, some of my lenses have that um, vibration. Vib yeah. yeah. But, uh, but that helps. But it, really, it's it, with between the bumps and... It's anybody's crapshoot. What kind of lens are you? Seventy two hundred? I'm primarily using seventy two hundred. Um, otherwise, the, like the the slap shot was done with uh, the sixteen to thirty four or thirty five. So really I mean, we run right in front of it, right, and we pull up alongside to get side shots, and we're all over the place trying to get a decent picture. Something that I haven't seen before from that angle. And this year, I happened to something happened to happen. Yeah. That's well, having covered the marathon from the back of the pickup truck that leads the way. That's terrifying. That's, well, it's terrifying because John's being driven by someone who knows what they're doing. We're being driven by someone that knows, what, knows how to drive a pickup truck, but not know how to drive a pickup truck with people shooting in the back of it. So when they get to those little bumps, like the speed bumps along the route, yeah, not so much. And that's a little jarring. Yeah. But anyway. You land on it, yeah. the back of the, the bed of the truck. Oh, yeah. Well, and then that was the whole reason we came up with the bike thing, too, was we were having difficulties or issues with the people driving the truck for the, the lead truck, so we came up with our own way of doing it. Very cool. Do you get compensated for your for your gas or something, at least? I, I put down seven miles. Or, absolutely. <laughs> at, at 28 cents a mile, I can't afford not to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, we're going to thank John and Todd for being a guest this week on this shortened John Deere Classic Rainy Edition of the Talking Pictures Podcast. I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Todd Wilbur. 
And we're talking pictures in the and it's just started to rain, goddammit. Jesus Christ. Alright, thanks folks. We gotta go get dry. Bye. The Talking Pictures Podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, Brian Achenbach, and Gary Cranbeck. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog at talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. The Talking Pictures Podcast is a production of The Dispatch, The Rock Island Argus, and QCOnline.com, with a special thanks to Laura Frames, Randy Fisk, and Laura Anderson-Shaw. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to The Talking Pictures Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud.